Christ is risen. Christos voskres. Christos anesti. Today is the feast of the uh, burial and the miracle of the body of St. John the Evangelist. And we all know that story. We heard it today at Matins. But for the sake of the young people out there, um, John knew when he was going to die, John the Evangelist, and he went with his disciples and he told them to dig a grave in the sign of the cross. And they did that and they put him in the grave and they covered him with the earth. So then they, later on, they came back and uh, opened the ground and they found out his body was gone. It had been taken up into the heavenly kingdom. So there's quite a few saints that uh, have actually been taken up. But I want to concentrate today on the people, it seems, that our Lord was very fond of. The ones he really felt close to and loved. He loves us all, but he had friends and family. Sometimes we forget that. And of course, John was his beloved disciple. And recently, our Holy Father, uh, who's in retirement now, Benedict XVI, talked about the relationship between John and our Lord. And I love what he said. He said, he leaned on the chest of Jesus and heard the secrets of his heart. Beautiful. And there's an icon here in the beside of the altar there of John leaning on Jesus' heart, his chest, and he's holding Eucharistic bread in his hand. I thought I should put it here. Because certain saints are when they go to heaven, they're of the theandric order. So who are some of them? Well, there's, of course, our Blessed Lady, uh, John, St. John Chrysostom, probably John, the Evangelist. And these people are in the higher ranks of heaven near the throne of God. Now, who are other friends of Jesus that he loved? His cousin, John the Baptist. Very interesting. He was sanctified in his mother's womb. He received the Holy Spirit before he was born. And he leaped in his mother's womb. And uh, he was different. He grew up, he became a strange man, wore strange gardens, garments, and preached a reform of the world. And Jesus loved him. So there are books about the friend of Jesus. They talk about John the Baptist. And uh, he's the model in the Eastern Church of ascetical living. So if you were, you were supposed to be praying and fasting, living a disciplined life, and proclaiming to the world repentance, that's really the mission of the church. It's also your mission. Interesting. Now, what can I say about John? 
his gospel is a theological gospel. The others are more or less summaries. They call them synoptic gospels of Jesus's public ministry and a bit about his life. Not a lot about his life. His message and what he has to say. But John tells us who he was. And the first, the prologue to John, they tell us is a hymn from the early church. And they sing about all the titles of the Lord and who he is. The word become flesh and all those things. When I think about John and Jesus, and then I read the gospel, which is my favorite gospel, and there's other reasons to reading the other gospels, especially the genealogies and who the great people the Old Testament were, Christ's commentary on the Old Testament and the gospels. But I think about who knew to tell us who Jesus was, and that is John. His love was deep. His understanding of the Trinity, sublime. And the relationship in the Trinity, magnificent. He illumined it. So we know the Father is not the Son of the Holy Spirit. We know the Son is neither the Father of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is neither the Father and the Son. He said they're all three persons. Apostasies, Greek term. I guess that's hard to really translate into English. And it's hard to understand that because in Christ there are two natures and one and one personality. Apostasies. John knew that. And he talks about us. He says that and Jesus says these words that he says this, the Father and the Son are one, so in the Son we are one with the Father. That we are part of the living Trinity. So when you pray, you make the sign of the cross, you sing the heavenly king and all those things in our prayers, you're really acknowledging you're part of the Trinitarian life. And all the Christians around us are mostly they always talk about Jesus, and they acknowledge that there's a Trinity, but they don't spend a lot of time with it. And in our prayers, we spend lots of time with the Trinity. Because that's the way it is. And remember, the love of the Father is shown to us by He gave us His Son, and He took upon Himself our nature. So, in the Old Testament, they were constantly asking, let us see God, let us see the Father. And Jesus, when they asked him that, he said, don't you know me? So if Jesus, in his, even in his human nature, is a revelation of the Father. So as you, when you get up in the morning to brush your teeth or whatever, and you look in the mirror, you see Jesus. You're also made in the image. And you're sanctified by the Holy Spirit. The gift of Jesus to us is sanctification because what's in his body is the primal sacrament. And that sacrament, those sacraments, those wonderful sacraments are the touch of Jesus Christ to give you divine life. 
Well, that's almost the whole catechism lesson this morning. But I want to go a bit to the last gospel we read today, this end of the gospel, I should say. And he tells us that he's standing at the foot of the cross. And you know, when he was standing at the foot of the cross, he was only a teenager. He wasn't very old. And uh, he had the, he wasn't like the others. They all ran away, frightened of the Roman power. Maybe they were next. And uh, he stands there, and Christ, in his apparition on Easter day in the evening, he comes to the door. Why did he walk to the door? Why did he open the door? Because his body had been transformed. It was deified. And you'll be able to do that too when you're in heaven, but probably won't be any doors. comes to the door. It's John 22. And that's where he gives us the priesthood to forgive sin. He says, I like it in Latin, so I'm going to quote it in Latin. Accipte spiritus santo ad robor. He says, receive the Holy Spirit for strength, you wimps. They're all hiding out. You wimps. Then he tells them what they're going to do. He says, whose sins you shall forgive, they are forgiven. Whose sins you shall retain, they are retained. What a wonderful gift. The next gift he gives us, he says, behold your mother. It says John took her into his home and cared for her. You're supposed to do the same thing. How do we care for the mother of God? By saying our Marian prayers, by consecrating ourselves to the mother of God as her child. You are her child. By saying her blessed rosary, which is an epitome of the gospel. It's a beautiful text. It gives us hope, although we are sinners, and a mother to pray for us. As we pray for her, she is of the Theandric order. She's at the throne of God. All beautiful. And says in Apocalypse, and which is about, Apocalypse is about liturgy, heaven. It's not about anything else. It's not about really revelation, but there is revelation about heaven there. Even the iconostasis is there. It's magnificent. And there she is in splendor and beauty robe. We say that in the Psalter, Psalm 44, the right hand of the Father. This is not just an accommodation of a text. It's the reality of the situation. So this day, we learn of the beauty of John, that he knows the hearts and the thoughts of God, the Son. And he gives us the two gifts, which are primal in our spirituality. Forgiveness for sin. And the queen of all-powerful prayer to intercede for us. Cherish these gifts well, for they are jewels in your crown, in your road to the heavenly kingdom. Your friend. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.